0: mindset, parenting, and of course, all the nuances of pregnancy and postpartum. From expert interviews to engaging conversations and reflections, this podcast is your trustworthy, relatable resource for learning how to practice brave through every season in your life. Hey, everyone, welcome back to the Practice Brave podcast. I'm here with Colette Stoller, and I'm really excited to talk about Her pregnancy experience, we've been working together. She's one of the high-level athletes that I have been able to work with through her pregnancy and into her postpartum season. She is currently 36 weeks pregnant, and we wanted to capture her in this moment because of, I feel like she's just had this incredible growth experience entering this season of her life as an athlete, as a woman. And it's been really awesome to be part of that. And I want to share her story and her experiences with you. So, Colette, thank
1: you for being here. Thank you, Brianna, for that wonderful introduction. And hello, everybody. Yeah, it's been amazing to work with you throughout almost the entire 36 weeks, actually. I emailed you. I think you're one of the first people I told which is quite common, I think, in your world.
0: (laughs) It is. I'm always like the first person to know when somebody is pregnant or not because they start following me or like I get a DM and I'm like, oh, I know something. (laughs) (laughs) So just for those who don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself so people have context about who you are, what you do, what your background is.
1: Yeah. So work-wise, I am a travel journalist and my husband and I run the website and social media experience, Romeroo. We're on Instagram and YouTube and all of the social media platforms. And personally, I've always been an athlete. I was an All-American long jumper and triple jumper in track and field. And then Division one track and field athlete, qualified for the Olympic trials in Olympic weightlifting, and then found my way into CrossFit as you do. And now just a lifelong athlete and competitive person that is a learning a lot about myself through this whole pregnancy thing.
0: I know it's you in like the best ways are like so athlete brain. And I think we connected really well over that because I mean, same, right. (laughs) So much of those competitive tendencies that are just naturally kind of ingrained in us as athletes and, you know, that drive to go and do and push more and, be successful and find that kind of success in a lot of areas of life.
1: Very much so. I mean, you spend your whole life as an athlete being rewarded for pushing harder and not seeing a stop sign in life. And then all of a sudden pregnancy comes and it's like this massive slow down yields like, and you have to learn. You're forced to learn so much about yourself, sometimes the hard way, Sometimes you hit the sign right in the face, but you do learn eventually. We have, yeah.
0: Right. And that was, you know, when we first, when we first met or when we first connected, you know, I just remember thinking like, okay, like, I mean, I guess I met you before you were pregnant, but when we first had our conversations, when you had announced your pregnancy or told me about your pregnancy, I just remember there kind of being a lot of fear and wanting to control everything. Tell me what to do. Tell me what not to do, you know, just sort of like a higher level of like, okay, what's the game plan, right? So I want you to tell me how you were feeling in that early, those early weeks of like your first trimester.
1: Oh my goodness. I think you hit the nail on the head. I am a, you know, high functioning, anxious person who likes to just dive into everything in the most perfect way possible, learn as much as possible and then perfect that. I wanted the schedule. I wanted the routine. I wanted to know exactly what I could do and then just perform it to a T. But pregnancy doesn't really work that way. But I didn't know that at the time. So I had, you know, it was a tough little transition. But going into things, I mean, I knew that my body was changing from four weeks. I found out I was pregnant. Not that it was physically changing so much as I could feel a change in my mind connection to my body. And I wanted to do things the right way. I wanted to learn what was going to happen to my body. And I wanted to be able to be safe for my baby because I like to do a lot of high intensity stuff like sprinting and jumping and lifting. And is this okay for baby? Is this okay for mom? I had heard about diastasis and didn't know, you know, what are my risks? I don't want to put my body at risk because I want to be able to pick up weights and put them down nine months from now. And or as I'm learning, it'll be a little longer than that after I give birth. But yeah, I just wanted to know as much as possible. And in order to do that, I wanted to enlist the experts. And that was you. And I had met you probably about, I don't know, what the pandemic time is an illusion, but uh maybe three or two years ago. And you had stayed in my mind on how you had helped athletes throughout their pregnancy. And I think I emailed you around 11 weeks. Cause I just couldn't wait till that 12 week mark. <laughs> I said, let's get started. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to throw myself into this, but not in a, I think at the time I wanted to be the perfectionist at what, you know, pregnant training was. I just wanted to be the best pregnant athlete. I could be not realizing that a lot of the shift in pregnancy was not going to be adhering to the workout perfectly or PRing with certain reps or just pushing myself in the ways that I used to, but I didn't know that at the time. So I brought in, I think a lot of perfectionism and anxiety into that world, which you that definitely helped coach me not only on the physical level, but on the mental as well.
0: Oh, absolutely. And that's such a struggle for so many people. I obviously relate to that a lot and that Mm -hmm. whole experience is what literally ignited the shift in my profession really for to, to step into this business but you know for so many athletes it's if we don't address the motivations and insecurities and anxieties and perfectionism that exists in our brain and how we're used about going about things about our training about our lifestyle about what our identity is None of the exercise modifications or how we breathe or tension, none of that stuff matters if we're not addressing the root of it, which is, you know, those motivations. And I know some people want to just like brush off the whole like athlete brain and kind of adjusting that approach. But that really, if we don't honor that and at least acknowledge that as being a huge part of the conversation, the other stuff doesn't matter as much, but that's hard to
1: learn. (laughs) Mm-hmm. it's really the tip of the iceberg. I mean, I remember thinking, okay, I need to learn what modifications I can do for pregnancy. But then as you go deeper, it's like, okay, well, why do you want to work out? What is driving you? What are your fears? Like, right. is there a fear that's driving you to work out? You know, and I think you did a really good job of helping me unpack a lot of that psychological stuff as well. Right.
0: I mean, who knew? Like, I never thought that like coaching would also involve like a level of like (laughs) therapy. But again, it's addressing like the psychology part because if the psychology isn't involved, the physiology part, it's just not going to matter as much. And all of that translates into performance, both during pregnancy and postpartum long term. Very much so. So, what was like some of the biggest challenges for you when we started? I guess, working through some of the mental approaches to your training and just that learning curve. Because I know we did a lot of like education Mm -hmm. upfront. Here's what's going on with your body. Here's what you can expect. Here's some of the fear. Here's some of the anxiety. And here's what all of that actually means. So what was
1: that like kind of getting that dumped on you? It was a real challenge. um, And it still can be when I go into the gym because, you know, I have, come on. I'm 35, so at least 20 something years of athletics behind me going into this of a certain type of mentality, a certain type of breath, a certain type of training. You know, being a, an Olympic weightlifter, I was so used to holding in my breath, bracing, and then lifting. Well, I'm learning that you cannot do that or should not do that when you are pregnant because of all the intra abdominal pressure already. But I think the challenge really came in the beginning when it didn't look like I was pregnant, Uh, you know, in that like pre five month mark, when I can tell the changes in my body, maybe someone else can't, but there is a clear change. And I think some of the stuff that really was a challenge for me was the fear popping up around what if I hurt myself long-term seeing coning in my abs when doing a movement that would normally just be totally fine for me was jarring. And I remember picking up my phone and texting you or calling you and like having tears in my eyes thinking, oh my gosh, did I damage myself? Did I hurt myself? Did my ego get in the way of something that I'm just doing to be you know, healthy and good for my body? Right. And Getting the ego out of the way was really tough because I think there is a lot of ego involved in athletics. And I mean, I love sports. And so, like, there's the purity of my love for sports, but there is also the drive, the perfectionism, the anxiety, and the ego. And I think trying to figure out what was safe for my body, but also getting into that flow state while bringing so much brain into it was tough. Because for me, like working out was so flow state and second nature and I didn't have to think as much. And all of a sudden I'm bring my brain into it again. That was tough to like reconnect brain with body in a so different way.
0: Totally. And I remember for you, there was a lot of like, you're just, you're tense, right? Like you're <laughs> fast, you're tense. It's like max tension, max pressure, like that all or nothing, you are the all. And like, again, I get that. I'm not even, it's not a bad thing. That's what makes you a good athlete. That's what makes you successful. And so being able to tone that back just a little bit, learning how to leverage that to actually serve you was so important early on. It wasn't so much of like, we're going to modify your approach or your training right now because of your abs or pelvic floor. It was more to just build a habit about how you were working out and your relationship with exercise and your relationship with your body, because it's hard to see it change, especially like you said, early on when it almost doesn't feel justified yet. Right. Cause like, there was no like obvious belly. So you're like, well, now I'm just lame. Like my, like, work <laughs> is, I just like look dumb. I look like I'm not trying like, because there was no obvious and I'm using air quotes here, everyone like no obvious reason to be changing some of that approach. And I think that was my interpretation was that was like a pretty hard adjustment it was learning to slow down was about learning to like, you don't actually need that much tension. You don't need to generate that much pressure. Like you don't need to brace and breath hold for everything and just being able to dial back some of those tendencies early on so that eventually they would become more of second nature. And it's not negating that as an okay approach. It's just wasn't the right approach for the season you're in right now. And that's a really hard adjustment for a lot of pregnant and postpartum athletes to understand is like leveraging approach, not just um, a movement modification.
1: Yeah. I think you nailed it when you said your relationship with mm-hmm. exercise, because looking back, I have perspective now, but it was an outlet, a release, something that I allocated for myself to just, I had to hit a certain performance level. And if I didn't, well, it wasn't good enough. I had to get back at it and push again. And that just doesn't serve me during this season, but I didn't understand that at the time. So I had to go through some, some hardships and some tears and, and struggles. And, but I can happily say that just the other night, I said to my husband, you know, it's really nice just to move my body for 20 or 30 minutes. Like it makes me so happy afterwards. And he's like, welcome to the club. Like that's how normal people function. And I was like, huh, imagine that. I thought it was about performing and hitting PRs and all of that. And I think there will still be some of that in my life because that's just who I am. I'm that intense performer, but I think it's pretty cool that I've learned that there's this other section Of my brain and body that can coexist. As you say, Brianna, you know, you can do the intensity and something else. You can bring that and into it. It's not mutually exclusive.
0: Right. And that's really hard because I think we've been so trained to think that like more is better, but it's that like annoying sentiment of like, no, like better is just better. And like better (laughs) is so relative. It's better for the season that you're in if we want to be in this for the long game, not just. Again, getting our ego in the way of like our short-term gratification of like, I got in a really good workout or I burned X amount of calories or I've lost weight or I've done this or I've done that, where we've always sort of put a metric or an aesthetic behind some of our motivations. Like now there's a bigger purpose. And I think motherhood is one of the very first times, I guess, like where we're shown that so vulnerably, like where it's like, holy shit, there is no avoiding this. Like (laughs) I have to evolve my approach or it will backfire. It's not if, it's just, you can't, we're changing. You can't not change. That's part yes. of this whole process, right? Rapidly,
1: you are changing rapidly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> totally, but that can be really hard. And one thing um, I hope, you know, you can share as much as you're comfortable sharing, but like just from the aesthetic changes, I remember in our conversations and this, I wanna share this because so many people struggle and there's a lot of shame associated with seeing your body change so much during pregnancy and feeling like I know it's beautiful. I know my body is doing what it needs to do, but also like I feel fat. I look ugly. I I hate what's happening to my body. I have stretch marks. I have loose skin. And just like that toxic, toxic thought process that infiltrates so heavily during pregnancy, especially for our athlete mamas.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, that was just on my mind before when you brought it up. And I mean, I'm someone that in my line of work, I'm in front of the camera, I'm traveling and hosting shows around the world and also just putting a lot of pressure on myself. I mean, in the travel space, you don't have to be super in shape, but I hold myself to a certain standard. And I've also struggled with eating disorders in my life. I was bulimic in college. And now every day, you just take it one day at a time. And I think seeing my body change and not having that control over it. Cause ultimately, I mean, a lot of eating disorders, I won't speak for all of them have to do with control. And all of a sudden you have this beautiful thing that's happening, but it is outside of your control and your body is supposed to grow and you are supposed to step on the scale and see weight gain that is healthy, but you've been programmed your whole life to think, or maybe you've programmed yourself your whole life to think that's bad. So seeing the numbers rise on the scale, seeing my stomach grow, I think that the toughest part was probably when I didn't look pregnant because to me, I thought, oh, I just look like I had too many beers this summer or people are going to judge me. And that was a really tough transition. And once I popped around like 18 to 20 weeks, I felt so much more secure in my body. But before that, I had a pretty hard time. Like I had a campaign in Mexico. I was in a bikini. I felt very self-conscious and I didn't feel good about myself. I called my sister crying and I said, oh my gosh, I have stretch marks and people are going to see them. And she said, you know what, Coco, it's just a mama tiger getting her stripes. And I thought, oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> and it totally like that itself just changed the perspective from performance and perfection to you're in a different stage of life. And this is beautiful and embrace it. And it's feminine and it's wonderful. And you can still be your, you know, performance driven self at some point in life, but like embrace this moment because it's fleeting too. Yeah. And yes, I do have, You know, some stretch marks on my hips and I grew and but like I'm so grateful that I have this healthy baby girl. But it didn't come without struggles along the way and and some tears. Oh, absolutely. We're kind of like grieving this identity that you had, and you're forming a new one, but you're still grieving the old one.
0: Yeah. Oh gosh, we talk about that so much because it is like this is it's a huge shift in who you are and who you are becoming and it is grieving a version of yourself that just no longer is you know like there's like postpartum truly is forever and i know we we tend to think of it as being like this very short season and it and it is like the intricacies of it is but who you're becoming is just this ongoing amazing evolution but it is still hard and it can be super triggering to see your body and to go through some of that grieving process of, I used to be able to do this. And I used to look like this. And even like, again, holding yourself in like that level of confidence of like, well, I'm known for my abs or I'm known for this and, or my ability to do that. It's shedding those layers and saying like, actually, like there's a lot more to me and I haven't
1: even met her yet. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I, I was so conscious of the fact too, that I was like, I am not a superficial person. Why am I so focused on these superficial things? Why am I so focused on how I look when that's not how I've driven my life or performed in life? But it's quite frankly, it was just coming up and I didn't want to hide it. And so it's a reality and, you know, I am a little vain and that is just what it is, and I had to to deal with it, and I'm sure I'll have to deal with it postpartum as well, because some of those fears have come up. But when they do come up, of like, will I look the way I did, or can I get back in shape with what I what I thought in shape was at the time? Right. Then I can now bring this newfound knowledge, I guess, or wisdom into this and say, you know, you will be a new Colette. And you will be great. And it's not going to affect my performance. And we're just going to go one day at a time. I know how to eat healthy. I know how to perform. I know how to train. We're going to get there. It's going to take some time. And I'm going to try not to to get too hyper, but I'm sure Brianna is going to get a million texts from me like, can I start training yet?
0: (laughs) Probably. I know what to expect with you. And it's okay. I can walk off the ledge a little bit and get really good at that. But yeah, there is obviously going to be this eagerness postpartum, just like there was this, like, I sensed like, oh my gosh, like I have to do this breathing super correctly. So I'm going to inhale and then exhale and then create so much tension. And then you like called me like a few days later and you're like, I'm in pain. Like I hurt, like my abs are really sore. I don't know what I did. And it's just because it's that like kind of all or nothing approach. But it's, I guess the point of this is it's knowing that that's going to be what your mental tendency is, is to almost try to the point where you're no longer helping, you're hurting and being able to find that like middle ground of less truly is more kind of in every single way during pregnancy and and what will be your postpartum journey.
1: Yeah, you kept telling me to be a C student and I was yeah. like, I don't know how. <laughs> I know, it's a
0: really hard thing to learn. I think for a lot of us who are, used to being like overachieving and doing well to be told, like tone it down a little bit, try a little less hard. And that's, what's going to keep taking you the direction that you want to go. That's a huge shift and big adjustments to make. And it can be really, really hard,
1: but it's really valuable to have you validate this new type of behavior, a new shift, because typically our society and everyone else has supported a certain type of drive, And achievement level and an overachievement level in many cases. And that's validated and applauded. And then all of a sudden you get to this season and no one else is going to say, you did a great job. So I appreciate that you are reprogramming the way that pregnant women are thinking and postpartum women are thinking because no one in the media is doing that. And they're all trying to, you know, get your body back. And, you know, if you train before you're pregnant, you can train exactly the same. And it's like, no, these are false concepts. So educating people and, and validating their, their new season has been really important.
0: Right. And I mean, I think so much of it is because I realized through my own experience eight years ago, like, God, it's so toxic. Like this is so toxic. It is ruining me. Like it's ruined. It literally ruined so much of my first pregnancy and my first year postpartum. It did because of my belief systems and my approach and my ego, like so many factors, but it fuels postpartum depression. It fuels anxiety. And if you're already someone who operates kind of high, which is me, which I know Mm -hmm. is also you, which is so many people listening to this. We have to be aware of the voices and the messaging that is influencing our choices And the things that we actually do have control of, because when you become a mom, when you enter pregnancy and your postpartum season, there's a lot of variables that we just don't have control of. So what can we assume control of? We can assume control of how we train and we can assume control of our relationship with training and what we're going to try to embrace. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It's just, where's our effort going?
1: Mm -hmm. It's really hard though. It is hard. And I think with effort, there's energy. And it's like, I'm going to have way more energy dedicated to someone else very soon. Yeah. And so, figuring out how to be efficient with that energy expenditure is really important. Absolutely. And she's going to be looking to me on a lot of things and observing my relationship with exercise and with food and all of that. And I'm very conscious of that. And I want to be a good example.
0: Right.
1: Well, and I think when you, when
0: you can already have your finger on the pulse of that, you're at such an advantage, you know, because you can really be aware of like, what do I do and how can I do better? Right. Like, yeah. and that's, it's a continual evolution through motherhood is we, there's plenty of opportunities where we get it wrong and we have plenty of opportunities to keep trying to get it more right, or at least headed in that direction.
1: Yeah, I remember just a quick anecdote. My husband and I were talking, and I said something that wasn't very positive about my body. And this is while I was pregnant. And he said, Hey, your daughter's listening to you. And I thought, Oh my goodness. Wow. Like it's not just about me, it's not this cycle of, you know, holding myself to this impossible standard. Someone else is involved. And that they are so observant. And I know that she's only in my belly right now, but soon she won't be, she'll be out. And I, I don't want her listening to her mom talk bad about herself. And I thought also, why do we talk so negatively about ourselves? And why do we have these conversations and hold ourselves to these impossible standards? For what? What good is that doing?
0: Oh, I know, I know. And it's really hard because I think, again, Pregnancy makes things so glaring, like, because the changes are so much, so fast, so, like, kind of literally in your face of, like, I am changing. But, (laughs) like, okay, at 35, do you think you're going to look exactly the same at 65? Like, no, we know that, like, we're going to change because we are evolving and we have, like, the blessing that is growing older, right? And at 65, we're not going to look the same as we will at 95. Like, we are supposed to change. But it is hard to see so much change so fast and so upfront like pregnancy. And I think that's the problem because we can logic through that and go, well, yeah, I know I'm not going to look like this at 65. I know things are going to be slightly different. Even if I'm super healthy, things are going to be different because they are. But it's hard to assume that same mentality during pregnancy. And when your body is healing and finding a new routine postpartum, those are just Mm -hmm. hard seasons to have that like, to kind of logic through.
1: Yeah. And I don't think you should have to do it alone, which is so great. And I think reaching out to people in those moments, even though you want to probably isolate and hide and not be vulnerable, I think it's really important to lean into the feeling that you're, you're getting because basically guaranteed that there are not even just one other pregnant woman that has felt that way or woman, but dozens, right. Just start the conversation. You'd be surprised.
0: Oh, absolutely there. I mean, we're proving it right. There's a yeah. the community that needs to hear this and they care. And you know, this is, these are the words that they need to hear. If you guys are listening and uh, you're like, yes, I would love for you to like send us a DM or like a review on the podcast. So I know there was one sentiment that we had in conversation. and It is part of the brand and business. But when I said it to you, I just remember you being like, Oh, Whoa. Like, And it was the, you're not fragile, but you're also not invincible. And Mm -hmm. being, I know that was something that you really just took ownership of and almost like meditated on. And I felt like that's where I saw a huge shift in your like overall approach to your training, to your efforts, to your understanding of everything was like, I am not fragile. I don't have to be scared and afraid of doing something wrong. But I'm also not invincible, so I don't need to go full send on all of my workouts in order for them to be good enough or you know to be effective. I feel like that was the sentiment that really clicked for your brain.
1: Yeah, I think it's such a powerful sentiment that I knew that I wasn't fragile going in. I wanted to be careful, but I knew that I was capable as an athlete and as a woman. And I didn't know all of the changes that I would go through. And as my body started to change, I realized (laughs) I am not invincible. Like there are things that are happening outside of my control, but what I can do and what I want to do is have a lifetime of athleticism. And if I push just to get that one extra pull up, which by the way, I'm not doing pull-ups right now. And I haven't done them in a really long time, but just as an example, I'm not getting an award for PRing or for putting more reps on the board. Those days are in the past. They're not in this season right now. They're not going to serve me. They're not going to help me get back in shape or get back in the gym postpartum. They're not going to help preserve my pelvic floor or my abs. I mean, it's really not doing anything for me. It's not serving me. So understanding that I am capable, but also not invincible was, was really profound. And I thought, okay, we can just enjoy movement. Like I genuinely enjoy the feeling of, you know, squatting and walking and, and all of these things that we can innately do. They don't have to be PRs. They don't have to be like the best score on the board. Um, So just understanding the adaptivity that occurs during pregnancy was quite profound.
0: Yeah. Well, you've done a great job with it. And I think that this conversation is really powerful for so many people to hear and to relate to a lot of those struggles because it is a huge shift in identity, a huge shift in approach and a huge shift in a lot of just entering a chapter that's full of a lot of unknowns. And that's really hard for somebody who is used to having control over, well, if I do X, then this is going to be my result. Then I get this, right? Like everything is kind of calculated and more predictable. And then like, here we are, welcome to the rest of our life. Right. And it's all harder. <laughs>
1: yeah. Hard. There was a level of certainty in, in exercise and workouts before this, right? Um, and then all of a sudden there's a massive level of uncertainty. Even now I feel like I'm thinking, "Oh my gosh, when well, what day is she going to arrive? I don't know when she's coming." <laughs> it's like just relax and, you know, she'll come when she wants to come in the next few weeks.
0: Right. So, let's talk about what you've been doing. So, you have been using the pregnant athlete training program. You're hitting at your very end end of that uh, training cycle now and we're gonna start to just really kind of keep deloading these last couple weeks. Um, I think there's this conception and I know I'm sure you maybe previously thought this of like I want to work up until my due date which there's nothing wrong with and like frankly you probably will and how we're working out starts to shift. We really scale back quite a bit and give your body more rest so that you're not pushing it in a workout only to turn around and go into labor and your body's already kind of smoked from the workout you just did. Right? Like, so I Mm -hmm. think that we have to have a big shift in that, that approach too. Again, you're not fragile, but you're also not invincible and being able to really respect what your body needs. The last, these last few weeks of pregnancy, as you prepare for a significant physiological event, however, the baby comes out. And I know you've given yourself a lot of grace around that conversation too. Whereas When we first met, you were like, well, this is what I want. Mm -hmm. And I always like to have a conversation as being like on a, a, as a coach on the outside, I'm not in the birth world, but being able to say like, once again, athlete brain and learning to manage our expectations is knowing like there's no right or wrong way to have a baby. And like, we will like, let's just make sure that, you know, you and her are as safe as possible through that experience. And you will be okay and you will be supportive and you you don't fail if you need to have, if you opt for medication, you don't fail if there's a C-section and just like get ahead of those belief systems right away. And I think that that is something that is critical for pregnant athletes to consider is like, there's no right way to have a baby. And once we can wrap our head around that, it gives you a lot more grace and freedom to just. Surrender to whatever this next season has in store for you, and trust your your team, your doctor, your OB, whoever is supporting you through birth. Just going in with that mindset, I think, is huge too.
1: I think something that really helped me, and I'm, I'm hoping that it will help someone else, which is why I'm sharing, is I I watched birth videos. One, I was very curious. Two, I was taking a hypnobirthing class, and it totally changed the perspective i had on what occurs during birth because i had this vision of what's in the media of women screaming and you know that that might happen too everybody has their own journey but i was able to see a different way of giving birth and women that you know the rooms were calm and the rooms sometimes were dark but it wasn't hysteric in the room And I thought, wow, I mean, just like in sports, you can visualize what you want your birth to be. Now, I know there's a lot of other things that can occur in that room, but if you go in, instead of going in with with fear, which I had a lot of fear, and instead educate yourself, see how other people, cultures, what have you, do things, and then bring your own vision into the world into the room because ultimately it is your birth and it is your pregnancy and you get a say in this stuff. And I think also, Brianna, you taught me something. I mean, it sounds small, but it was so profound. I was freaking out over every single time I go to the doctor and have to step on the scale. Mm. And you said, turn around and tell them you're going to turn around when you step on the scale and not to tell you how much you weigh unless there's a problem. And you know, 99% of the time there is not a problem with what you weigh. And ever since I took back that control, I I don't know how much I weigh right now. I don't know how much I gained in my pregnancy. My doctor has never said there was an issue. He actually said everything's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just again, that was a shift in perspective, a shift of how you can take back control in a time when sometimes it feels like you're totally out of control. So whether it's birth or the pregnancy process or everything in between, right. There is something you can do.
0: Oh, absolutely. There are little, little solutions and bigger moves that we can make to, you know, control, control the things that we can, you know, like what can we do that will set us up in as many ways as possible and then surrender to the rest. Because when we're trying to hold on tight to a way, that's when it starts to get really can be really complicated. But you're going in informed and you're going in supported. And I think those are two of the most important pieces to being in the season that you're in now. This end of pregnancy with a lot of you know newness on the horizon. And I think it's going to be good. And then postpartum, okay. just to give people an idea of what this process will typically look like after she has the baby. We'll obviously, being in conversation, I'll be very excited about this. <laughs> um, and within the first few weeks, we'll just get her like moving really gently, but not exercise. There can be some reconnection, like neuromuscular movements we can do to get her brain reconnecting to her core to her vagina. Just again, this is all so dependent on what her experience is like. Really encouraging, like your your efforts right now are only about you and baby. <laughs> like it's not like don't worry about your diastasis. Don't really worry about a lot of that other like pelvic health stuff. Like there will always be a time to make conscious efforts of improvement there, but go through some basic rehab exercises during the first six weeks postpartum, and then work into the eight week postpartum athlete training program. And that's what will help bring her into doing the fitness that she actually likes doing that feels relatable, that feels enjoyable again. And then just really building upon what her body needs, her own unique athletic readiness for this particular season. And that is, you know, I think the approach that so many, I wish so many more people would consider right now, the CrossFit open is going on. That's when we're recording this podcast. And I made this reel that was like, Hey, so like your first postpartum workout back, like shouldn't be the CrossFit open. And like, it's just, uh, it's mind blowing that that was like, mind blowing. Like people were like, Oh my God, I didn't even think of that, you know. Like, it kind of went viral, and I'm like, "This, what, what feels like common sense to me, is just not." Because I think that postpartum, we typically kind of expect, like, "Well, I had the baby, like, I'm, I'm like ready to go now." It's been six weeks. It's been eight weeks. I'm good, but we're not quite there yet. And I know that can be a big struggle for a lot of us athlete brains out there. And so, you know, I'd like to bring up that point just to kind of outline what the next few months are going to look like for you
1: thank you i was curious myself <laughs> yeah you know, i kind of went on a tangent there I think <laughs> but- no i appreciate it because there's such a lack of education across the board from mm-hmm. every single person i think would say well you already had well, a lot of people would say you already had the baby yeah join in the crossfit open let's have fun right you don't you could you know do something modified and it's like well but should i yeah. like Is that the best thing for what my body just went through? Because birth is no joke. I mean, you're growing a human for about 10 months (laughs) and yeah, I don't think it makes sense to jump back into things, but thank you for telling people that they have permission to not jump back into things because that also I think for me, like if I didn't know what I knew now, if I saw someone saying, maybe you shouldn't do that, and here is why, and here are other things you can do, I would feel really supported.
0: Right. And I I mean, I think it's hard, but I mean, if you had an ACL surgery or you had a pretty big back injury, you would give yourself some rehab time. And then you wouldn't go, if you had that ACL surgery, for example, you wouldn't, Load up the barbell and try to hit like eighty percent of what your one rep max. You'd be like, no, I should probably do some like maybe some lunges first, maybe some like squat with a dumbbell or something. Can I even squat with my body weight and rebuild capacity there? We know this when it comes to recovering from orthopedic injuries or symptoms or surgeries, but birth and just postpartum and the the variety of symptoms that can occur during those seasons are oftentimes totally dismissed, but we don't do that for knees. You know, like we honor knees, but we're not honoring our bodies that just created a human does not make.
1: So true. And I don't know why.
0: Yeah. You know, like we just, we wouldn't expect somebody to have back surgery and then sign up for a 5k as their first thing back or do the CrossFit open. Right. We'd be like, no, you should like do an onboarding class or whatever, you know, like,
1: yeah, there's go a to physical process,
0: therapy, <laughs> right? Like there's a process there for orthopedic injuries and symptoms and considerations. And I'm hoping that more of a process can be embraced now for our culture of pregnant and postpartum athletes.
1: I think we're ready. I think we're ready. I mean,
0: uh, I believe it. <laughs> I'm out there <laughs> trying to make it happen. But anyway, Colette, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and sharing your story. I know so much of that was vulnerable and so helpful for a lot of people listening. So, so relatable. Um, We're going to be excited to follow you and meet baby girl who uh, does not have a public name yet. So we will, we will be waiting to hear and see
1: her in just a few weeks and really excited to follow your process. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much. I just truly appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. You've really helped me physically, mentally, emotionally. I appreciate you yeah. for starting the conversation, for talking about the difficult stuff and for being there for me along the way and not not judging my hyperness.
0: <laughs> not judging. Thank you for helping me get it out there into the world and for sharing your story. We will be talking soon. Yes.
1: Thank you, Brianna. Bye.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practice Brave Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and help us spread the work we are doing to improve the overall information and messaging in the fitness industry and beyond. Now, if you are pregnant and you are looking for a trustworthy exercise program to follow, I have you covered. The Pregnant Athlete Training Program is a well-rounded program for pregnancy with workouts for each week that are appropriate for your changing body. That's 36 weeks of workouts, three to four workouts each week and tons of guidance on exercise strategy. We also have an at-home version of that program. If you are postpartum and you're looking for an exercise program to follow, the eight-week postpartum athlete training program would be a really great way to help bridge the gap between rehab and the fitness you actually want to do. From there, we have the Practice Brave Fitness program, which is an ongoing strength conditioning program where you get new workouts each week and have a lot of guidance for myself and my co-coach, Heather Osby. This is the only way that I'm really offering ongoing coaching at this point in time. If you have ever considered becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, I would love to have you join us. Pregnancy and postpartum athleticism is a self-paced online certification course that will uplevel your coaching skills and help connect the dots between pelvic health and long-term athletic performance, especially during pregnancy and postpartum become who you needed and become who your online and local community needs by becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Thank you again for listening to the Practice Brave podcast. I appreciate you and please help me continue spreading this messaging, this information and this work.